Um, I'm finishing a series on um, life in the spirit, so uh, I'm not sure about the five pounds bit. I'm a bit nervous here. Um, but, uh, okay, Terry Virgo, the spirit-filled church. Uh, Terry's going to be come visiting us in Norwich in a few weeks' time, spending a weekend with us. Um, that's a great, great book. If you haven't got it, read it. That one is five pounds today, okay, and it's on the bookstore. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the only reduced one. Okay, I tr- trust me, my darling. <laughs> she just checked the price. Okay, but um, a couple more. Many of you will, will remember uh, Jack Deere. This book really did the rounds a few years back. Jack Deere, Surprised by the Power of the Spirit. Really lovely book. Okay, Surprised by the Power of the Spirit. That's eight pounds. <laughs> it sounds odd saying that. It doesn't sound right, but I better be good. It's a really lovely book. Angie might do you a deal. Have a word with her afterwards. Um, another one I just picked up off the book, so here's a lovely one. Revival of People Saturated with God by Brian Edwards. Oh, if, you've, if your heart's feeling stirred for what God might do, there's another lovely one. Angie might do you a deal on that one too. That's uh, okay, that one's on the bookstore. And then just one more, which is a bit of a favourite of mine. Okay, this is, this is Martin Lloyd-Jones, Joy Unspeakable. It's a, one, it's a really, really classic, great book. Mine's well-thumbed and underlined and everything. Uh, that's £11, but I think we can say that's £10 today. Is that okay? Are we friends? Are we okay? <laughs> okay. My time's flying, right? I'll be good. Um, we're concluding our Life in the Spirit series this morning. And I hope you've picked up through this series that, that Jesus made wonderful provision for his disciples before he left them and went to, went to the Father. He made wonderful provision for, for, for them and for us, not just to encourage us a little bit and uh, sort of buck us up a little bit, but to empower us for life, and more than that, to empower us for witness, to be his witnesses. Jesus did this before he left them because he wanted us to be his witnesses. And I hope you've picked up from this series that the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every area of our lives, very dynamically in every area of our lives. That's what we've been covering these last few weeks. And another name for the Holy Spirit that I've used in this series is God's empowering presence, because that's who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is empowering, and the Holy Spirit is empowering the presence of the Lord in us. The Holy Spirit is the way, is God's way of being present and active in your life and in my life until Jesus returns. That, that's the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. It's what he does. And I'm going to read a, a few verses from, um, from Matthew, and then I'm going to try and... Uh, uh, I want to, basically, I want to encourage us this morning to go from here and do the works of Jesus. Okay, that's where I'm going this morning. No pressure. And I'm starting off in Matthew in chapter 9 and verse 35. Just going to read three verses from there. But let's pray first. Lord, we've, you're here 
Holy Spirit, God's empowering presence right here, right here. As we open this living word, would you speak to us? Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us. I pray you will impact many here today in a way that will change our lives for the rest of our days. That's a pretty big prayer. But Lord, Holy Spirit, it's what you do. So please speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. Okay, Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Okay. I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day who uh, was just telling me that... it's time, he said, it's time for me to decorate the house. It's, I've been a bit neglected and it's a bit, you know, a bit knocked around, you know, and scuff marks around the face. So I'm decorating the house. I'm painting the house to give it a freshen up, make it brighter and nicer place to be. And it reminded me of a, of a, a little story that C.S. Lewis tells um, in Mere Christianity. Let me read it to you. Here we go. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. And at first, perhaps you understand what he's doing. He gets the drains right and stops the leak in the roof and so on, and you know these jobs need doing, a bit of decorating. And so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about a bit in a way that hurts at times and doesn't seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. He's throwing out a new wing here and putting an extra floor there and running up towers and courtyards. You see, you thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage but he's building a palace because he intends to come and live in it himself. That's you. That's me. Not just a nice little cottage, a palace. I've got goosebumps just thinking. A royal dwelling place. The Holy Spirit in your life and mine. That's not, should be on the bookstore, really. See to it, you know, I mean. (laughs) You see, becoming a Christian, it's not just a moral facelift, making you a nicer person. It's a radical thing. It's turning everything upside down, the other way around, making your life fit for a king. The dwelling place of a king. 
It's radical becoming a Christian. It really, really is. And, it, and that's what the Holy Spirit is all about. And so here's the thing. You and I are called to be his witnesses. We're called, let me put it even more strongly, we're called to do the works that Jesus did. Whoa, no pressure. How do we do that? Well, I want to try and show you this morning that that you and I can do that. And just to help us along the way, I'm going to I'm going to base this on a, on uh, some verses from Titus when when Paul was writing to Titus. Now Titus lived on Crete, and it was the culture was a real mess. You can read there in Titus. You know, Paul said everyone knows that everyone's liars and there's real brutes around, and it's just not a great culture. And so he's saying, so how are you? You've got to live different. You've got to be different. You've got to, you're the witnesses of the king. How are you going to live different? I think there's similarities with our culture, don't you think? It's pretty brutal and unloving and uncaring out there, isn't it? It really is. It's really a lot of angst and anger and, and stuff in our culture. Am I right? Or is it just me? It, it really is, isn't it? And, and we're called to be different We're called to be his witnesses. How do we do that? You might feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed at times. Well, let's have a look. I'm reading from Titus 2 and verse 11. You can just listen if you want. I'm just going to step through some verses that that tell us how we can live different in this culture. Okay, so here we go. Verse 11 of Titus 2. He's already said, you know, tell people to stop doing this and don't do that and don't do that. And then he says, for. For, in other words, because the grace of God has appeared. Now, first of all, when I read that, what a lovely way to speak about Jesus. The grace of God has appeared and offers salvation to all people. Jesus, isn't that lovely way to speak about Jesus? The grace of God has appeared. Jesus is the grace of God. He's the kindness of God. He's, he, he's full of grace and truth. Oh, wow. That's beautiful, isn't it? That kind of helps me when I feel pretty weak and wobbly and not up to much. The grace of God has appeared. I hope you're, if you've been in this church any length of time, I hope you are saturated in the, the truth of the wonderful grace of God. Becoming a Christian is not a moral facelift. It's a radical transformation of, by grace, the grace of God in our lives. It's beautiful. I hope you it, love it. The grace of God has appeared. Oh, it, 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 the word there's, it's, it's that epiphany word. He's appeared. The word's a bit later on, actually, a bit later on. It speaks about his appearing. We'll get to that because he's going to appear again. Okay. The grace of God has appeared, offering salvation to everybody. The gospel is for everybody. The, 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 the grace of God is for everyone. Isn't that beautiful? This, this is the message we've got in our hands. The grace of God is for everyone. Beautiful. Let me keep going. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. The grace of God changes us. Wow, when you're overwhelmed by the grace of God, it changes you. It teaches us to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing, there's that word again, 
the appearing, just as he appeared, the grace of God appeared, Jesus came. He's coming again. He's coming again. Until that day, you and I are his witnesses, telling, him, telling people that, self, that the grace of God has appeared to bring his salvation to everybody. doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, the grace of God has appeared. That's the gospel. Oh, it's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your saviour, you can do it right now while I'm still going. Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life. I believe you died for me. Oh, I need your kindness, your grace. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss it. The Holy Spirit's on your case right now. You have a little prayer conversation with the Lord right now. Okay. Where was I? While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great Saviour and God, Jesus. See, next time he comes, he's coming majestically. Every eye will see him. Every knee bow. And between between this period, we're his witnesses, okay? okay? So let's keep going. The appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem us from all the wickedness and purify for himself, oh, listen to this, a people that are his very own. If you're a Christ one, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are one of his very own. The word means specially chosen. Specially chosen. This is the gospel. You and me, I mean, I'm astonished. I really am. I mean... If you knew me and if I knew what you were really like, to be specially chosen by God, it's astonishing, isn't it? Specially chosen. This is the gospel. If you feel inferior and, and worthless, listen. Specially chosen, called by name. This is the gospel that we have in our hands to take to the world. Okay. I think some, some translations say... Uh, make his own possession. People that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Eager to do what is good. Eager to, to, to do the, the works of Jesus. Come back to that in a moment. And these then are the things you should teach. Well, that's what I'm trying to do, okay? Encouraging and rebuking with all authority. Don't let anyone despise you. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities and so on. And to be ready, here it is again, to do Whatever is good. This is the works of Jesus. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Doing whatever is good. To slander no one. To be peaceable. Not to get into all that social media angst. All right? To be peaceable and considerate and always gentle to everyone. This is beautiful. This is our calling to do the works of Jesus. This is our calling. Lord, I, want, I, I, could, I could pray over this really. Lord, we want to be like this going into this next week, to be peaceable, gentle, your witnesses in all that we do, okay? At one time, we too were foolish, yep, disobedient, yep, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Anyone... Recognize that sort of thing? We were, it's where we were, it's what we were like. 
Foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved, all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated, hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, oh, has the kindness and love of God appeared to you? The kindness of love of God our Saviour. Has it appeared to you? Lovely. This keeps coming up, this word appeared, doesn't it? Has it, have you had a revelation of the love and kindness of Jesus our Saviour? You can't be a witness until you have. Okay? Oh, don't get over the grace of God. Never get over the grace of God, the kindness of God. Okay? Where was I? Let's keep, oh, this gets really good now. Well, it's all good, I mean, you know. But when the kindness of, of, of God, uh, and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of any righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. Now it gets really, look, listen to this. He saved us. This is astonishing. This is the radical bit. This is, this is what's happened to your life if you're a Christian. Here we go. He saved us through the washing. That's forgiveness. You got forgiven. You got washed. You got forgiven. Anyone here been forgiven? It's pretty special, isn't it? Slate Wiped clean, whoosh. Isn't that astonishing? East, west, and all that sort of thing. And then he just piles up these words to speak about the, the radical thing that happens when you become a Christian. Here we go. Through the washing of rebirth. What does it say in the ESV, Marcus? Rebirth. It's got another regeneration, isn't it? Rebirth, regeneration. Oh, wow. The only other place in the New Testament where that word regeneration is used is in Matthew's Gospel when Jesus is speaking about the day he comes to make everything new, the regeneration of the whole universe. Ah, it's just two places, speaking of the whole universe being made new and speaking about you being made new. This is wonderful. This is, this is what happens... The decorators didn't come in and put a splash of paint on the walls. The bulldozers came in and radically changed your life and mine. This is wonderful. The washing of rebirth, regeneration, and then he goes on, and renewal, all made new by the Holy Spirit. Oh, there it is. All by the Holy Spirit working in our lives. God's empowering presence in my life and yours. Oh, I, I please, I hope you never get over the grace of God. What has happened to you in becoming a Christian? It's not a moral makeover. It's a radical transformation because God's empowering presence is, is right at the heart of it all. It really is. It, it's at the heart of it all. And, and, you know, we can see here what we've seen hopefully through this series, it's by the Holy Spirit that we become Christians. John 3, Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you're born again, no chance. You need regeneration. You've got to be born again. The Holy Spirit, the wind blows. So the Holy Spirit was involved when you became a Christian. It's, by the, it's, through, it's, it's through the Holy Spirit that we know of God's love for us. Let me read Romans 5.5. 5. Hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. 
So it's by the Holy Spirit we, we, we become Christians. It's by the Holy Spirit we know the love of God. Pour, the love of God poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. No wonder Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Let's keep going. What else happens? By this, this is how we, this is what makes us certain that we're children of God. If you want to be certain that, that you really are saved, a Christian, and belong to, to your Heavenly Father, this is what the Holy Spirit does. Galatians 4, 6. Because your sons and daughters, God spent the, sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. It's by the Holy Spirit you have assurance. It's, you see, so through this series, it's all the Holy Spirit. Let's go on a bit further. It's by the Holy Spirit that we get to know Jesus better. Ephesians 1, 17. I keep asking the Father, says Paul, that the he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you'd know him better. Do you hear that? Spirit of wisdom and revelation so you know him better. It's how we know we belong to the Lord. I can go on and on. Well, I will go on and on. Okay. This is how we know joy in the Christian life. 1 Thessalonians 1.6. You welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. It is... You see, you're getting the message. God's empowering presence, the Holy Spirit. It's what he does. It's how we pray. We don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit helps us. It's how we endure. Colossians 1, strengthen with power, and so on and so forth. It's how we're confident of our future. The seal of our inheritance, the Holy Spirit. And it's how we become his witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Do you see? You've got the idea. No wonder Paul says, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It, to, it, to be born again, you, got, you need the Holy Spirit. To know the joy of the Lord, to know you're a child of God, to have assurance in a fearful world, you need the Holy Spirit, the spirit of sonship flowing in your life. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, drenched in the Holy Spirit, again and again filled with the Holy Spirit because it all comes, flows out of God's empowering presence in our lives. Do you get the idea? And then, you see, when the Holy Spirit is in our lives like that, our lives glorify Jesus. It's not about my gift or who I am or anything like that. It's, it glorifies Jesus. A bit like, do you remember when Stephen was getting stoned to death and he, he just shone? You know, the, the guy was just radiating the Lord. I want to do some of that, don't you, in your life? It's what the Holy Spirit comes to do in our lives. You and I can do the works that Jesus did. And I'm going to now just be very practical as I close. I'll go back to that passage in Matthew. It says there, Jesus went about doing good. And you can read in Luke's gospel, it says, he went about doing good and the ordinary people loved the wonderful things that he was doing. You can do that. Let me explain. What was the first thing I see here? Jesus went throughout the towns and villages. When he 
saw the crowd. So the first thing, he had eyes for people. So can you. You can have eyes for people. To look beyond the, perhaps the busted outside, the angry outside, the whatever is, to, to see, to have eyes for people. Jesus had eyes for people. Lord, please give us eyes for people, yeah? Not just to walk by, eyes for people, to spot when people are in need. Let's keep going, I'm going to be quick, my time's already gone. Eyes for people. The second thing, he had compassion for people. He had eyes, he had compassion for people. God, give us compassion. This is doing the works of Jesus. Hey, look, you might not yet be able to raise the dead, but you can do the works of Jesus. You can have eyes for people. You can have compassion for people, yeah? Do you see that? He had compassion for people. What's the next thing? He went about doing good. Now, let's talk about that. I mean, he prayed for people. He prayed for them to be healed, and they were healed. <laughs> and you and I, you know, you, you and I can do that, seeing people in their, in their need or whatever. We can respond. We can do something. We can, we can reach out. We can just put an arm out. We can, we, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Would you like me to pray for you? Pray for you now if you like or, 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 if I, or, or later. Can I pray for you? We're called to do the works of Jesus. Until he comes, we're here as his witnesses. We, and the Holy Spirit is in our lives to do that. Let me keep going because my time's nearly gone. Okay. And by the way, when we're praying for people, you know, it's, it, it strikes me sometimes we use that sort of, we, we end up our prayers with sort of a, a sign-off in the name of Jesus. Amen. We really shouldn't do that. Okay. When we pray for people, we're praying in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do you get it? I've just That's a tiny little thing, but I know I can be guilty of that. In the name of Jesus. Finish. No, 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 no. I'm praying in the name of Jesus. Whatever you ask in my name. Do you get it? I want to encourage us to be, to be bold because there's another thing the Spirit does. 2 Timothy 1, Paul says that we've not received the spirit of timidity. We've received the spirit of, what is it, love and power and a sound mind. Is that right? Did I get that right? That's the Holy Spirit. That, 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 so not, you know, I, I, look, I'm a timid person, okay? I, I want more, anyone want more boldness in their lives? So, yeah, come on, we do. We're a bit British sometimes, aren't we? But Lord, please, by your spirit, give us more boldness. Can I pray for you? You know, can I? Oh, please, God, help us in, in this. What else have we got here? You see, Jesus, the other thing we noticed in, in there, he wasn't religious. The ordinary people loved him. The, the, the Pharisees, they were religious and they made the people feel bad. Jesus didn't do that. He, the people loved the things that he did. So we're not religious, okay? We're full of, hopefully, the loving kindness of God that Jesus showed to us, okay? Folks, I want you to see this. When you look at Jesus' life, I want to help you get started going into your week. There was a geography about Jesus' life, okay? And, um, you know, uh, walking into a home and seeing... um, Simon's mother-in-law, and she's not well. Oh, okay, here we go. 
So he prayed, and she was healed. There's a, see, there's a geography about, about his life. Um, the day he said to the disciples, seeing the children around, oh, no, stop, no, don't shoo them away. Come on, children, I want to bless you. He, he, he just in the stuff of life, the geography of his life, going into village after village, home after home, stopping to speak to all sorts of people with all sorts of conditions. Do you see it? Feeding the 5,000 because they were hungry. Lovely, beautiful, yeah? Going up to Tyre, you know, Mark 7, and sneaking into town, but there's this little lady. Oh, she's not going to miss this moment. Oh, reaching out to the Lord Jesus. Crossing the Sea of Galilee to one messed up, demonized guy, Jesus makes, he's, he's there, he's there. And dear folks, there's a geography about your life and my life. And wherever you go, there's a calling on your life to go in the name of Jesus. And there's an, there can and should be an anointing on your life of the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus. <laughs> and I just feel that this series, as we finish this series, Lord, help us to catch a glimpse of the, the wonderful work of the Holy Spirit from the moment we're born again till the moment Jesus comes. God's empowering presence with us, helping us all the way through, empowering us to be his witnesses. And Lord, yes, as we step out, let's start to see signs and wonders. Let's start to see beautiful healings, yeah? In fact, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to... We're going to, I want to pray just now. Do you remember Kev Riley preached here the other day? Uh, what did he preach on? The vine. The vine, the branches. Do you remember Kev Riley from Poland, Gdansk? Well, we, he, he, I mean, he's a young, he's a, well, I'm saying this. He's a young guy. He's in his early 50s. Is he early 50s? I mean, he's young, right? That's, a, that's really young, yeah? It's very young. He's in his early 50s. He's very fit. He goes running all the time. He likes jumping into icy lakes. I've no idea why, but he does that. Anyway, we got a text from him on um, his wife on Friday. He had a heart attack, a serious heart attack, rushed off to hospital, and um, he's operated on straight away, and um, he's, he's lying in hospital now. Um, and I want to pray for this dear guy right now. I mean, you know, he, he's, such, he's been going into Ukraine and things like that. He's a... Wow. Should we do it right now? Should we pray right now for Kev? Is that all right? Lord, we thank you. Lord Jesus, you, you're the same yesterday, today, forever. You're alive. You're the living one. You're the reigning one. And you've sent the Spirit, your empowering presence, to be with us, present and active in our lives. And we pray for Kev Riley right now in his hospital bed that you would raise him up. I pray that the doctors and surgeons will be surprised. Whoa, what's happened here? This is good. Lord, we pray, raise him up. I pray that he's got more miles on his clock yet. Lord, I pray there's a work to be done. He's such a blessing, Lord, and his dear family too. We pray for dear Kev. Raise him up in the name of Jesus. And I want to include other people here this morning you want a touch from God, let's do it right now. You need a touch from God, just raise your hand. We're going to pray for you, okay? And if someone around you might feel free to put a hand on your shoulder. Let's pray for people here. Lord, we're praying for people here. 
including baby Isla over there. Lord, sovereign Lord, we pray in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus that you would do some beautiful things here, that you would heal, that you would wonderfully restore and strengthen and bless. Come, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray this will become more and more a hallmark of all that we do as a church family. Lord, I pray for King's care later on today. Oh God, show us how we can be reaching out to those who really need you, Lord. We pray for our warm space. We pray for every little way that we're we're functioning here in the heart of the city. Come, Holy Spirit, drench us, I pray, because we want to glorify Jesus in everything we do. Will the musicians come up? We're going to sing a song, a song about the glory of God. It's all for the glory of God. It's not for us to have shiny... Oh, look, aren't I special? No, 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 no. We just want to do, 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 do what Jesus did. We just want to be his hands and his arms and his feet. Can I pray for you? How are you? Come. Let's, let's, folks, let's, that geography about Jesus' life, look for the geography of your life and how you can do the works that Jesus did. For his glory. It's all for his glory. I want to live for the glory of God, don't you? I do. I really do. It's not about me being clever. It's about me being available and full of the Holy Spirit. Got it? That's, that's what it's about. And we're going to sing this song now about the glory of God. And, and maybe you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I always, yes, please, always, always. Maybe you've never known that flooding, that baptism of the Holy Spirit. As we sing this song, I just want you to make yourself available. Lord, here I am. I want to live for your glory. You know my life. You know I'm, I'm, you may be thinking I'm nervous. Lord, help me. I want to live for your glory wherever I go, wherever I live, where you've put me. Is that okay?